And thank you so much for joining us here on this week's episode of Seed Pod 2021. My name is Atticus. I'm Ryan. Still, He's, we're still, we are still yeah. here. We're still the same guys. Uh, surprisingly, well, surprisingly, <laughs> surprisingly. Though some people may know us as Hank and Dean Venture, not yeah. quite the case. <laughs> <laughs> no, pretty, Shout pretty out. soon. I'm, I'm, I'm sure that our bosses, whoever they are, are going to give us the axe and replace us with more palatable hosts. This is true. This is no true. doubt. No doubt. Our, our no time doubt. is numbered. Our time. <laughs> our time is numbered. <laughs> our time is limited. No, your time is numbered. So, uh, to start off uh, this week's episode, uh, Ryan has got us a wonderful special coming up uh, in regards to everyone's favorite senator. But before yeah, we get into that, I don't know if it's that, special. I think it's terrible. I think it's awful. <laughs> it's 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 Ted Cruz Day, which is the worst sentence I've ever had to say in my entire life, and. <laughs> I know we're going to, like, one-up that. Like, in the next couple episodes or next season, I'm going to have to say a sentence that's even worse. And it's, like, it's something like Donald Trump is running again or, like, Donald Trump is broken into my house or, dear God, Atticus, send the police. Donald Trump is outside the door of the recording studio banging on it. But until it's then... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Until until then. <laughs> Imagine the news headline of that one. Fat Florida man attacks other Florida yeah. man. <laughs> Fat With Florida man attacks fat Florida man attacks skinny Florida man while he hides in closet. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's it. That's the headline. The headline Players is unheard by God. <laughs> Portly orange Florida man attacks closeted skinny Florida man. Ted Ooh. Cruz found nearby masturbating vigorously. <laughs> Butter. So before we uh, before we get into this week's episode, I want I wanted your reaction on something. Some news okay. broke today. Um, some non-shooting or COVID-related news broke today. <laughs> That's a surprise. Um, it's it's felt with all the shootings. Uh, like my my actual reaction to all like one shooting after another, and this is the saddest thing. Is like, oh cool, so America's back to normal. Like okay, yeah, business is we back, here baby. we go. We back, baby. I didn't wear a mask at the zoo today. I've been vaccinated. <laughs> we are back, baby. We are back, but. Speaking of things being all right, all right, all right. Are, are they, though? <laughs> well. <laughs> okay, keep going. Tell me, tell me. <laughs> so, uh, okay. So, a poll released here in Texas This uh, just came out this morning. Uh, our dear Governor Abbott, responsible for ERCOT killing, you know, like 50 people or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, responsible for no, a lot of shit. No big deal. No big deal. NBD, <laughs> yeah. baby, NBD. We back. Shootings are one, here. It's just one mass grave. So anyway. Yeah. So uh, he is down in the polls to a very famous Texan. Might be the most famous Texan of them all. Uh, Mr. Matthew McConaughey himself. Wait, wait what? <laughs> <laughs> is that why you did the all right, all right, all right thing? Yes, yes. Your mother so. <laughs> So Matthew right. McConaughey is leading who has not officially announced that he's running for governor in the great state of Texas, the Republic of Texas, as we like to call it here. Um, but he's currently leading in the polls 48 to 30 
percent right now. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Not even close. Not even close. Man, so I could I could go off on a rant about how like how like a like like election style uh, democracies um, like the one that we have will will always devolve into like obscene populist nonsense as as in the days of of sunset Rome. <laughs> but this is Matthew fucking McConaughey. Matthew fucking McConaughey. I'm gonna vote for him. If my choices, I'm going to be serious. If my choices are Greg Abbott, Beto O'Rourke, or Matthew McConaughey, I'm going to vote for Matthew McConaughey. I just am. I I would love to say that you shouldn't and that I don't understand, but <laughs> I, I, I get it. Like, I, I actually... I, fuck. Yeah, well, like, like, what am I supposed to... This is to the my, first what? time you've ever... This is the first time you've ever had me, like, struggling for witty shit to respond to because yeah <laughs> yeah that's where we're at i mean like like i mean matthew mcconaughey can't do any worse than abbott has right yeah like, he, that's the thing right bad. like he he can't he can't fuck it up more right no no and i don't trust better rorick i'm sorry i don't um, I, I mean, I think, I think the, the, he, he did, he did, uh, pull through for you guys with AOC during that whole power outage, snowstorm, ice yeah. capades thing. No, he's, he's great for Texans, but he's Is that what we're going to call it? Are, are we going to call it the Texas ice capade? Uh, I like to call it, um, I'm call it Texas ERCOT, not Epcot. <laughs> that's, that's, that's my response to it. Uh, ERCOT on the rocks. ERCOT on the rocks. <laughs> Ooh. ERCOT on the very icy rocks. But yeah, Matthew McConaughey leading almost at 50% right now. That's he hasn't even announced wild. he's running. Yeah. Yeah. That's wild as hell. Um, I wonder like how he feels about it. Was there any hint that he yes. was like going to run? Okay. Yeah. So he's he's had a couple of interviews because he lives in the in the capital, right? He lives in Austin, and mm-hmm. he's a professor. He's actually a professor at the University of Texas. Well, he um, teaches he teaches theater, right? Like he I believe so. I believe yeah. I believe he's a theater uh, professor. Um, you know, shops at Whole Foods like the rest of us. Um, <laughs> but. He, uh, <laughs> but, but, uh, he's, he, he had an interview, I think it was close fall of last year where he okay. toyed with the idea. It was like, you know, a Lincoln commercial style, like yeah. twiddling his booger in which his is, finger, you know, which is like, enough to get, which is enough to get, uh, certain, um, segments of the public. Up oh in, yeah. Like yeah. absolutely fucking frothing at the mouth. Uh, I am comparatively you can, like again if, if, if here in Texas and we're going to talk about the worst of the worst because like we have some great politicians here in Texas you know we've got well, like, we're going to talk about fucking Ted Cruz today so yeah, yeah. we're going to talk about the worst of the worst I mean yeah I mean you know John Cornyn is not that bad right he's a Republican but like he ain't that bad um, you know compared to like Lindsey Graham and shit right um, yeah that's it's 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 you know, like we, we, he's yeah. he's like sticking your dick into a termite mound instead of a fire ant mound. So, you know. Yeah, yeah. But, like, Matthew <laughs> like, McConaughey... You're still getting bit, but there's not as much, like, actual poison flowing yeah. into your dick. Well, I mean, and the nice part is, is that at least, like, if you look at the current, you know, uh, the big three, right? So you've got Abbott, who's the mm-hmm. governor. Um, yeah. Or as I like to also refer to him as uh, Meals on Wheels. Um, there's a reason for that. Fuck okay. you, Abbott. Um, <laughs> you've got Dan Patrick making enemies today. I, dude, I'm all about making enemies. You got Dan Patrick who, uh, is 
like the worst lieutenant governor of all time. Like okay. straight up, I could do a whole episode on him. But then you've got Ken Paxton, and Ken Paxton is our attorney general here, um, who is currently wanted by the FBI. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What so he... if I've. Uh, securities fraud, um, oh. just a bunch of shit. White, um, white collar shit. White, yeah, white people crime. So um, he like saw uh, he saw a mountain of money like behind a line he wasn't supposed to cross, and he was like, yeah, fuck it, <laughs> yeah, well, fuck this shit, I won't take right. it. Right, and he grabbed um, a mountain of money. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, as he's human, you know. Uh, but like, eh, point being, you know, I mean, if it's between like Matthew McConaughey and Better Work, like I'm gonna vote for Matthew McConaughey. I'm sorry, I trust him. There was one reason I don't trust Ben O'Rourke. Is it because he's man? My my uh my my anarchist bent is going to show. Is it because so, he's you know a politician? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, there's that. But like number two, right? Like he's a corpo Democrat to me, and mm-hmm. at the end of the day, look, he politicized the shooting in El Paso um, that happened what in two the August of 2019, right? That this is terrible terrible shooting that happens at an El Paso like uh, shopping center, right? Like a Walmart maybe. Yeah. And the first response was, you know, cursing better O'Rourke, Mr. Cool, rolling up his sleeve, smoking a cigarette. But then like, you know, one of the first things he says is, well, you know, at the end of the day, it's all about this. Hell yes. We're taking your guns. Uh, oh, I remember that. And yeah. I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, number one, no, the fuck you're not. Number two, we, we live in the gunshine state. Florida's the sunshine state. We're the gunshine state. Okay? It, there's more guns here than there is at Fort fucking Knox. Shut up. There's, I mean, there's probably more guns in Texas than there are humans in Texas. That's... Like... Jimmy, check the numbers you know. on that and get back to us. <laughs> so... We actually... Uh, you know what? We should get a guy. <laughs> we should get a guy to just should. run, like... To just yeah. run tech... <laughs> yeah, like I know a guy. I know a guy. Like you just run numbers the whole time, like fact check. It's like, hey, is that true? Is that fucking? They could true? run our Discord. They could run like a Discord server that has yeah. like live images of shit as we're talking about it. That actually right? be a really cool idea. That's that's right? something for the future Patreon. It's like, there hey, you if go. you guys want us to have a live feed that we could put up on on the the YouTubes. The YouTubes. Uh, you know what? I you know what? I I actually think that. Um, if we if we ever do illicit content, like if we do C-Plot after dark, we, we should probably not host it on YouTube because of their restrictive monetization. But mm. Pornhub, hosting it on Pornhub might be a good option. Anyway, to get back I'm, to what I'm you were saying. I'm in favor of Pornhub. I'm in favor of Pornhub. <laughs> so, uh, look, I like, this, I, I like things to be sticky. So... <laughs> Uh, there's a little ASMR for you or whatever it's fucking called. Sticky. Yeah, you gotta get right up next to the mic. Oh, here we go. I'll right, so, okay, okay. So Sticky. what? what oh, oh, no. Oh, no. Okay, okay. I didn't like that. Did not like that. Let's let's keep it rolling. Did keep not it rolling like here. The topic oh. of this week's episode, uh, we've, we've, we've mentioned him a couple of times. We've mentioned him a few times on this podcast. Now, I, I, before I, um... Before we get into this, I do want to add a small disclaimer. I have not heard any of this from Ryan. This is the first I'm going to be hearing any of this. Uh, my reactions here are going to be raw and real. We've talked about this a couple of times now. That's how we are here. Yep. Um, and I'm going to be unapologetic. I think both of us are. We're going to be unapologetic about anything we say about Ted Cruz. Because um, he deserves Yeah, nothing, nothing that I'm going to say is particularly kind. 
I don't want you to be. And with that in mind, Ryan, let's so, dive in. So I've written, <laughs> I've written this essay, um, which is I've just pulled it up on my Google Docs on my phone sitting here in front of me, and it's it's uh, it's mostly an outline essay so that I can sort of ad lib the the blanks. But the title of the essay is um, <clears throat> "Nobody Likes You, Ted Cruz." Okay. And what <laughs> in this essay I will be discussing. So what, what we're going to talk about here, I, I want to go over Ted Cruz's, um, I talk about a little bit of his early life, and we're going to take a, a, a mild microscope to his entire career. Uh, I'm not going to hyper-focus into anything in particular, just because we, we have a time limit, and, and it, uh, this could be like a book, right? Mm-hmm. But um, Ted Cruz is kind of fascinating to me. <clears throat> in the way that like um, like roadkill at a certain stage of decay attracts the attention of a viewer. Uh, <laughs> okay. You know what yeah. I mean? Like y- yeah. you look at it, it's awful. You you smell the the you know gut wrenching stinky perfume from a quarter of a mile away, and the the maggots are slowly devouring what remains of anything decent that had a semblance of life. But you can't look away at the horrible process. So. Uh, what I want, what I wanted to look at with that, uh, and why it's so fascinating to me is that he is he is deeply hated, not oh, just yeah. by not just by his his constituents. Um, he's actually had a very difficult time getting the uh, <clears throat> the majority vote of any any primary. If you actually do any uh, deeper than surface level scrutinizing of it, and his peers absolutely hate him. He is loathed, and I'm actually going to open up uh, with a um, with a quote from uh, Human Garbage Pail Senator Lindsey Graham. Um, quote: If you killed Ted Cruz, if you killed Ted Cruz on the floor of the Senate, and the trial was in the Senate, nobody could convict you. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right. <clears throat> So to open, Raphael Edward Cruz, uh, born to Eleanor and Raphael Cruz, uh, he was uh, born in Canada, um, but something notable about uh, his father real quick. So Raphael Cruz Sr. is an immigrant, so he was born in the Canary Islands, and then he went to, uh, to Cuba, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. He was briefly in the United States seeking uh, asylum, so he was an asylum-seeking immigrant he was a refugee seeking asylum from the uh the cuban uh military batista regime okay uh which which of course as you know was was overthrown in the the cuban revolution shortly after um and then from there he he went to uh canada which is okay. where teddy was was born so teddy is uh himself technically uh also an immigrant and from canada uh, came, came to the united states now uh, his parents his parents kind of came from nothing, right? Like his father was, you know, uh, like I said, he he was a uh, an asylum seeker from a, an oppressive military regime, right? Yeah. But his father quickly found aptitude with engineering and numbers and became a da- uh, data analyst in the Canadian oil industry. And for the time, he became pretty wealthy, right? Okay. So... His his parents' story is uh, a pretty touching one of that sort of like rags to riches kind of thing, Hallmark Channel. You know, we all we're Americans. We gobble that shit up, right? Yeah. 
comparatively speaking, though, Ted lived a, a rather privileged youth. Um, <clears throat> you know, he, he attended private schools his entire life and then later Princeton and uh, and Harvard. So Ted himself is not the salt of the earth that he would lead you to believe. Princeton was his undergraduate school, and he wrote a 115-page senior thesis, uh, which is kind of wild because mine only had to be like 50. <laughs> right. But he wrote a he wrote a 115-page senior thesis, um, which investigated the separation of powers, right? Okay. And this is just a preamble to like how different he is now because. He, he began his interest in politics investigating uh, and talking about the legitimacy of separation of powers, right? Mm -hmm. uh, in his thesis titled, <clears throat> remember, he's, he's, you know, 21 years old at the time he wrote this, so he's pretty edgy. Clipping the Wings of Angels, the History and Theory Behind the Ninth and Tenth Amendments of the United States Constitution. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Which was, of course, uh, the title was inspired by a passage uh, attributed to, to James Madison, which is, um, yeah. like, if, if angels were to govern men, neither external nor internal controls on government would be necessary. Yeah, of course. Uh, and he argued in, in his, in his uh, senior thesis that the drafters of the Constitution intended to protect their constituents' rights and that the last two items of the Bill of Rights offered an explicit stop against an all-powerful state, which makes his current stance regarding Trump and Trumpism and, you know, uh, fascism kind of, like, deliciously ironic and more than a little sad. Don't you think? I mean, a bit, yeah. I mean, but, 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 but no, I mean, it's right up his MO as a person. You know, when you look at the history of uh, Teddles. Um, Teddy. <laughs> Teddy. No, Teddy is Ted Cruz. Uh, no. me a little Cuban teddy bear. Give me a little Chubby. <laughs> little, little right, so when you look uh, at his history. But yeah, but when you look at his history, I mean, it makes sense. He's, you know, I don't like to use the term like bootlicker, right? Because like that's, that's been co-opted by like the fucking leftists well, what, on what Twitter. It, what, it, what it basically, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't really mean, it means, it means no. a common person a who sucks hugger. up to the oppressor. But yeah, he, but he's, he's a, a nut hugger. He's a, yeah, yeah. I would use the term star fucker. Star, star fucker. fucker. Star fucker is good. Nut hugger. Cum drinker. Um, <laughs> but he's, butter you know, baster. You know, what I mean by a, you know what I mean by a star fucker, right? Like he, yeah. He, yeah. he will latch on to, and we're going to explore this too. Like I, I have a ton to talk about this. He, he is very well known for latching on to um, populism and populist figures mm -hmm. and uh, draining what influence he can from them. So like, for example, okay. Uh, he joins the uh, George W. Bush campaign as a legal advisor in yes. uh, in the year 2000. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, he was appointed uh, Texas Solicitor General, I believe, in 2003. You can correct me on that if I'm wrong. Uh, and that's he, right. yeah, he won the seat of senator in 2012. Uh, truly, the the Mayans were correct with it being the end of days. <laughs> but he, he had a he had a list of very uh, high profile endorsements. Okay. Uh, from from the the lauded and um, well respected likes of <clears throat> let me check my notes here uh, Sarah Palin and Rand Paul um, truly Sarah two of the most based. yeah <laughs> truly two of the most upstanding figures in American politics uh, and, and others like um, yeah. the people who put the most money behind his campaign I think were uh, Freedom Works okay. um, and uh, the group uh, the Club for Growth both are. Um, hard right capitalist think tanks, you know, yep. they, they pay, they pay lots of money to like break up uh, 
unions and make sure that like protesters uh, get assaulted by policemen. And, you know, they, they, they pay lots of money to keep poor people down. So, you know, you're not supposed to do that. (laughs) Right. They paid a lot of money to put Ted Cruz in office. So that probably says something. Yeah. So what he's what he is is most well known for or what he has grown to be most well known for in the Republican Party uh, is for, like I said, it's it's aligning himself with whatever's popular at the time. And even a cursory glance at his career will show this. So, like, for example, during the Obama administration, he aligned himself with the Tea Party rather than the Republican establishment. Yeah. Uh, similar to how he aligned himself with the Make America Great Again movement during the presidency of Donald Trump. Once it became obvious to him and his uh, advisors that Trumpism was was going to like win the day, yeah. even as the Republican Party was scrambling to determine uh, a way forward. Yeah. So um, I'm not going to say let's... Cruz is a parasite. But he's a parasite. Like later during during what I, I would call like the lame duck era of the Trump administration, which is like the last year leading up to where we are now. Yeah. Uh, Cruz aligned himself with, you know, fucking conspiracy theorists and insurrectionists. And now during the Joe Biden administration, Cruz has aligned himself with the freshman wave of far right Republican representatives and against establishment titan uh, Mitch McConnell. So you yeah. would think that Cruz's rise to power would have to do with something like uh, political instinct. Uh, popularity, uh, charisma, but he has these qualities in bare minimum stock, man. And I know oh, yeah. you know this. Yeah, no, um, well, and, and something to be said too, to kind of rewind a little bit, right? Because I don't want to stop you entirely. Yeah. But like, remember, uh, jumping on the mega train, right? Like, d- does anyone else recall? I mean, I, I know people are going to recall. Like anyone that listens is going, well, yeah, I fucking remember when Trump said this. But like, Trump like called him a cuck. Right. Oh, and like, yeah. called his wife yeah. ugly, like called him a cuck and yeah. then like yeah. accused his father of being the Zodiac killer. Right. Well, so there's, there's a very particular kind of of gutter crawling creature who aligns themselves with uh, with somebody over your like someone else over your own wife. And yeah. as as we will see, Ted Cruz is exactly that type of limbless slime monster. Yeah. So. What I propose in this essay, <laughs> as you clearly career, will see in my thesis, yeah, his career is actually based on uh, transparent, unabashed sycophantism at the edges of the Republican electorate and riding the wave of movements that he himself is not clever enough to create while claiming them as his own and remaining in office with massive Republican voter demographics uh, and the, the gerrymandering problem that you guys do objectively have in Texas. Yeah. So his real talent, his real talent is is being able to recognize where a system is easily gamed against the the people who are actually participating in that system as voters and uh, how to latch on to populist ideas like a parasitic fucking lamprey. Yeah. OK, so I, I've got I've got five stages of Ted Cruz's career step by disgust, disgusting step. And the first stage we're going to talk about is the Tea Party. Now, you are from Texas, which is ostensibly the home to this kind of like tea party thinking. Yeah. So you're, you're surrounded by it constantly. And from, from our conversations uh, off air, uh, I, I know that you're, you are, are, are not the biggest fan of tea party, uh, libertarians and no. neither neither am I. Uh, I am I'm a possibly... Bull, apparently. 
I am possibly way more pissed off at them than you, but let's set aside for the moment that the, the Tea Party movement is um, just a bunch of average right-wing talking points. It's the exact same thing that the mainstream Republican Party wants, uh, disguised as something uh, more radical and, you know, uh, uh, maverick. Let's put that aside for the moment. What's yeah. your, what is your, uh, what's your, what's your take on them? You remember their emergence like 15 yeah. years ago? So my take on them is today is the same as it was back then. Like a lot of things okay. have changed about me. Like I've, I've become, you know, I've become more seasoned, right? I'm 31 now. Yeah. I, you know, it was 13 years ago when they came about. Um, but my view on them is pretty much still the same, which is to say that what they were was what they are it, and they're pretty much extinct now right like most of them they've they've been rolled into the make america great again movement almost yeah they entirely. were rolled yeah they i mean they got they got nut checked and rolled into mega and they weren't really a precursor to mega either they were something else um but my my view on them is pretty much this that they were insurance company slime balls that really, really, really benefited from uh, from subjugating poor people uh, across the South and the Midwest into coercing them into basically believing that the government was going to have death panels uh, and preying on their emotions when all of them were completely backed by insurance companies because insurance companies mm -hmm. were terrified that they were going to lose money from Obamacare, which they didn't, right? They so actually it's, make it's, more money now than ever. Yeah, it's it's funny that you say that because, so, like I said, I've got my notes up in front of me. And what I've written here is, uh, <clears throat> so we know what the Tea Party is. Um, you know, they're, they're basically just edgy Republicans that pretend to be fringe while having the exact same stated goals as the mainstream Republican Party, because being on the fringe gets them votes for being outsiders, which they are not. Uh, the first National Tea Party protest was spearheaded by CNBC analyst Rick Santelli, who was enraged over the Obama administration's castrated attempts to prevent people from losing their homes in the wake of the Great Recession. Do you remember that? Yeah. Do you remember him getting on TV as, uh, you know... Thousands, hundreds of thousands of people were losing their homes due to an unprecedented financial crash caused by the coddling of uh, of hedge funds and major stock companies. And he was Santelli was yelling about how he didn't want to pay other people's mortgages, even though that wasn't at all what the proposition was. Yeah, so I mean, that's what the Tea Party was originally founded around. Well, that that was their original rallying point. Yeah, and it's also key to remember too, just for historical, <laughs> uh, just to to keep a historical perspective here, you know, George W. Bush actually did try to do something during that era, like there there was an uh, there was a TARPA before there was TARPA that specifically was going to buy back and buy out uh, securities from like mm -hmm. uh, Baron Stearns. Um, you know, you name it. Those all those guys yeah. that basically went yeah. under uh, to prevent the split. Um, what were they called? The uh, the split subprime mortgages from falling mm. under and causing, which did happen. You know, um, about mm, one hundred ninety six thousand homes to be lost per quarter over the course of four years. So one hundred ninety six thousand. By the way, yep. keep that number in mind. 
Most of which are still so. most of which are still in the hands of banks and still empty and rotting. Yeah. Like Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that, isn't that something? Sorry, did, I just wanted to point no, that out. That you're good. That, you're that good. At least W did try to do something. Like as much as people want to hate on W, um, he tried. Yeah, I, I mean, the, the dude. No matter how you feel about George W. Bush, uh, he he was surrounded by snakes. Like yeah. objectively, he was surrounded yeah. by predatory snakes full yeah. of venom that was aimed at being injected straight into, you know, us. Yeah. But. Anyway, so that was the rallying cry of the Tea Party originally was, fuck all these people losing their homes. Uh, so, you know, yeah, conservatives and the Tea Party went on to, like, say a bunch of shit that, you know, is, is of course part of, like, the conservatives racially coding any attempt at assisting poor people, like, like welfare queens, which the data shows don't exist, uh, and quote-unquote handouts. And this is just to conjure up images that white Americans uh, have been fed for a long time about black Americans. Like, let's, you know, be frank about it. Uh, and, and in this, the Tea Party was not a grassroots movement. Like they say they were. They were not. They yeah. were funded by wealthy capitalists, insurance companies. They were endorsed by moneyed elites. And they were mainstreamed by wealthy politicians and cable news commentators. So they weren't an outside grassroots movement. They weren't a fucking revolution. But they wore the clothes of one to get people to follow. Yeah. So the political uh, goals with the Tea Party were economic. Mm -hmm. But to make it into a movement, they had to give people an enemy. So they conjured up one, you know, welfare queens, handouts, blah, blah, blah. So they conjure up this enemy. Uh, and other that would threaten, ultimately, um, you know, moneyed elites, which this shit's like the oldest trick in the book, right? Like, this is not yeah. new strategy. This is Red Scare bullshit. And before that, this this is the same types uh, of tactics that, uh, you know, robber barons were using uh, to drum up support against the people who worked in their fucking factories. Like, this is not new shit, no. Um, so, so Cruz, of course, comes late to the Tea Party. He did not create the wave, but he found it at its apex. Yeah. Uh, and he becomes one of its rising stars. His political connections were were ripe for the movement. You know, like his his professors uh, in college, and the lawyers that he had worked with in these uh, capitalist conservative think tanks. And he used his Cuban heritage to be able to to screen the Tea Party from accusations of racism. Because even even though uh, words like welfare queens are, you know, every time I say that, my fucking dog goes nuts. Um, he would be like, oh, they, well, they're not racist because they let me in because because I'm Cuban. As if Cubans aren't white. Uh, you know, like, <laughs> come on. Right. Like, <laughs> like, let's be real here. Uh, look, who's white? Cubans look, are Irish dude. people. Dude, I'm 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 gonna get in trouble for this, but like, if you're descended from, uh, if you're primarily descended from, you know, European colonizing imperial Spaniards, uh, as somebody who who reenacts as one and who knows the history very well, you have more in common with you know imperialist uh, colonizing English people than almost anyone else on the globe. I would also like to add that Seapod Just... uh, does endorse <laughs> colonization. Just so you yeah, know. yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to have a t-shirt about it. Yeah. <laughs> Colonization is a good thing, actually. actually. And it's just going to be a t-shirt of, like, Atticus and I getting murdered by freaking redcoats. Like, um, <laughs> colonizer? Never heard of her. 
But it should be us getting murdered by redcoats. Yes. I think that'd yeah. be great. Just like like, like stabbed to death with bayonets. Anyway, I'd like um, I'd like so Cruz came late to the Tea Party. He wins his senatorial 2012 race with Tea Party support and uh, what the Washington Post wrote up as mm-hmm. his, quote, up by the bootstraps biography, which seemed to miss his oil industry parents and his Ivy League education. Um, you know, his father, glaring like emissions said, right there. Yeah, like I said, his father perhaps came from the Canary Islands, but Ted Cruz came from oil money. Uh, but you know, like why fuck up a good narrative, right? Why fuck up a good story? Uh, so Cruz's platform mainly consisted, uh, Cruz's platform, if you remember, and I, I'm betting you do, it mainly consisted of painting Obama as a, uh, as a a frothing red pinko communist. Yeah. Yeah. Despite the fact that he was basically fucking black Ronald Reagan. Yeah. He was, he was black Ronald Reagan. Yeah. And this was kind of like, despite the fact (laughs) That man, we're gonna make so many people mad with this podcast, and I don't even like fucking care anymore. No, like, we're I, unapologetic. I started this reading point. this essay, and I'm I'm just in like full anarchist mode. Like like I wish I had pictures of Kropotkin up on the wall so I could kiss my fingertips and then like run run them along his knobbly nose. <laughs> but it's not my anyway. journey. But hey, no, well you know I mean, but if we do make people mad, I'm sorry at this point. But like, uh, you know, my buddy James pretty much said like, look, apo- uh, being apologetic is cringe. And he's not wrong. Yeah. Like why? Why apologize for? Be, be mad, mad, motherfucker. Be mad, motherfucker. <laughs> oh, you're listening to tell me. Your, poo, tell poo, your, poo, poo, poo. Tell you're your, still giving uh, me money. I don't fucking care. Yeah. Tell your. Tell your. Uh, tell your friends to. Uh, tell your friends to be mad too. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead and have them give a <laughs> right. listen and see if they're mad. But yeah, like oh, it, it's funny that the that the Republican establishment and Ted Cruz painted Obama as a communist when um, his platform was very reminiscent of like Reagan era policy. Who. Like, they, they can't get Reagan's corpse's butthole out of their mouth long enough to, like, think straight. So, anyway. Here you go again. <laughs> but th- th- that is, of course, Reagan. that's that's just decades of Cold War propaganda leading to the public not knowing what socialism even is or, no. like, what social democracy even is and how it, it's not even close to like socialism and so it, it was easy for the tea party and furthermore republicans to run with this because you we have uh, in america uh, a general um cultural ignorance of leftist politics and what it what it actually looks like and what it actually is so anyway cruises in yay shoot me during his first term as senator however he made some powerful enemies um in his own party like right away yeah uh, all right <laughs> So he, he quickly became deeply unpopular with his own peers and colleagues, which had very little to do with his ideology. Because remember, his ideology is quite in line with other Republicans. And um, why he became deeply unpopular is because he's a dick. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He has been described by his peers as, quote, <clears throat> a sentient, unshaven ass crack of a human. A sumo that? wrestler's, uh, so these are from staffers. These are, these are not <laughs> from staffers. So. A sumo wrestler's jock strap given sentience. <laughs> Further quotes, arrogant beyond his meager talents and so personally unpleasant that nobody wants to be in a room with him, let alone the building. Jesus Christ. Quote, he is obsessed with his own Ted Cruz brand and through this has thrown his colleagues under the bus to get what he wants time after time. To quote John Fahiri, Republican communications strategist, quote, Cruz is an army of one, alienating anybody who is in his path. He advocates losing strategies purely to further his own career and brand recognition at the expense of the party. 
For example, he opposed a criminal reform bill that everyone, everyone from the fucking Koch brothers to the ACLU is in favor of. You had the Koch brothers and the ACLU on the same side. And and even, even other like Tea Party caucus people uh, like Mike Lee was behind it. Cruz, on the other hand, claimed that criminal justice reform would lead to thousands of violent criminals uh, being released onto the streets. Sorry if you guys have dogs that are going nuts right now. Uh, going to threaten his fellow Republicans that if they supported the bill, he would subject them to, quote, Willie Horton-style attack ads. Oh, God. He was the only one, by the way, who did not vote to support this bill. Sounds about like uh, our buddy Matt Gates that was the yeah. only one that voted against uh, yeah. human trafficking laws. So in addition to this aggression aimed at his own party, uh, his, his rhetoric over and over is like rank bullshit. So yeah. he either never read the bill or didn't understand it because it had no power to release violent criminals. It was mostly about minimum sentencing. So it, it had nothing to do with releasing people. It had everything to do with like minimum sentencing for nonviolent crime uh, reforms. And he he went absolutely rabid about it just to give himself the spotlight. Like he knew that by doing that, it was going to fuck up other people that he would need the support of eventually. He just wanted the spotlight to be on Ted. He wanted all cameras on Ted. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he quickly well, establishes he was, a track record of this shit. He was, a, he, remember, he was the one that single-handedly fucking caused the government shutdown back in 2013. Oh, so. we're going to get there. We're go, we're almost there. We're almost oh, there. <laughs> but he quickly establishes a track record of this, of opposing no-brainer bipartisan efforts such as, let me pull it up here. Um, <clears throat> so he opposed by himself the UN Treaty of the Rights of Persons with Disabilities, um, which he doggedly pursued tearing down even as Bob Dole came to the Senate in his wheelchair to lobby in favor of it. Jesus you know, Christ. You know, you know Bob Dole, who for, yeah. all of his, for all of his faults, suffered a crippling injury during World War II? Yeah. You know? So, yeah. so can you imagine, man, the late John McCain, who, you know, despite being a Republican, and me, me despite being uh, a, a fervent non-believer in, in authority in general, I actually respected John McCain. And his quote about this was that, quote, it was the most embarrassing day in my time in the Senate to force Bob Dole to watch that. God. As a freshman senator, as a freshman senator, and do you remember when the government shutdown was? Because it was like right after he got elected, too. So this was one of the first things that yeah, Cruz did. Yeah, this was like did. October of 2013, I think. Yes. So as a freshman yeah. senator, Cruz led the government shutdown in 2013, declaring that it was necessary to defund the Affordable Care Act, which he knew wouldn't work. Uh, and his colleagues knew it wouldn't work either. Like everyone knew that this was a waste of time. Yeah. Right. Everybody knew that it was a waste of time, but what it did was uh, it cost a shit ton of people their jobs. Pretty on par. You know, because something that happens every time a government shutdown happens. So, like, you know, everything gets suspended. And a lot of people who work in government administrations um, that are fairly harmless, you know, like national parks and stuff like that, like they they lose their jobs usually or they have to go and get another one. And then those jobs get unfilled because that person is forced, you know, to go and get other work if if their furlough isn't uh, isn't isn't compensated. So Cruz knew that this was going to fuck up a bunch of people's lives, you know, that he was supposed to be representing. Yeah. Uh, 
Now, on on the Senate floor, he did uh, call Mitch McConnell a liar, which I mean, you know, broken clock law. Uh, and he mocked fellow Republicans Dole, who, you know, of course, he had recently fought over disabilities laws while Dole was wheeling himself around uh, Mitt Romney and McCain for not winning their presidential campaigns. So he's like making fun of them as a freshman in the Senate for not becoming president. Something uh, that he when, would do in 2016. Right. Well, 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 his only major accomplishment was starting a government shutdown. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about fucking right. So his bad reputation uh, among Republicans it was it was ripening. It was getting worse. But it wasn't the first time. His bad reputation among... Like, they knew that this was going to happen when he came in because they had clocked him as doing this bullshit back in the year 2000. So let's look at a quote uh, from his time as an aide during the Bush administration. <clears throat> a prominent aide to George W. Bush's 2000 campaign could barely contain himself when we asked him to discuss Cruz who worked in the campaign's policy shop. This person described Cruz as hyper-arrogant and widely despised, and he emphasized over and over that the pervasive dislike of Cruz within the Bush ranks had nothing to do with ideology. In fact, this Bush alum recalls, the quickest way for a meeting to end was for Ted to come in. People would want out of that meeting. People wouldn't go to a meeting if they knew he would be there, resulting in Ted Cruz sitting alone in meetings by himself. That's exactly Jesus. what he was, a big asshole, end quote from a Mother Jones interview. Let's fast forward to recent-ish history. Okay. Okay. So, all this shit happens, but Ted Cruz is ever watchful with his beady predator eyes. He clearly looked at the drone lord Barry O and thought, well, if that guy can run for president with only a partial term as a junior senator, so can I. And he built himself as a Republican outsider using his colleagues' disgust for him as his main tool. But he he's, you know, it's not like he's a fucking outsider. Like, he's a, a, a former clerk for freaking, you know, the, the former solicitor general. Uh, he was a former clerk for Rehnquist, uh, who was, was Rehnquist not uh, Trump's defense recently? In the so. uh, yeah, so he was a former clerk for for Trump's defense lawyer in his impeachment. Uh, you know, former Solicitor General. He was at the time he was the senator for Texas and still is one of the most powerful Republican strongholds in the nation. So I, I think I, I need to stress to my listeners: he is not and was not an outsider. He's unpopular in his party because his reputation is dog shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, people just don't like him. Look, uh, I mean, dude, I have friends and family here that just straight up will say, I, I, the only reason I'm going to vote is to vote against him. Right. So like how, does he, how did he get in time after time after time? Well, we'll get there because next I have, I have more quotes, by the way. I just, I have more quotes from people who hate him. Uh, John Boehner, who we'll get into more later, uh, <laughs> described him as, quote, Lucifer in the flesh. I have Democrat friends and Republican friends. I get along with almost everyone, but I have never worked with a more miserable son of a bitch in my life. So this is really something because John Boehner sucks. Yeah, John Boehner's a dickhead. Like, John like, Boehner's a dick. Bad. So for John Boehner to be like, wow, this guy fucking sucks, like, that really means something. Yeah. Uh, as Representative Peter King so eloquently, uh, eloquently put it, in this wafer light statement, <clears throat> I hate Ted Cruz, and I think I'll take a cyanide if he ever got the nomination. I think I'll take a cyanide if he ever got the nomination. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not mincing words. 
That ain't uh, Bob. Bob Dole gave him such lofty praise as, quote, we need somebody with experience and there are a lot of good candidates. I like nearly all of them, except Cruz. <laughs> uh, to, to top this off, George W. Bush, acclaimed painter, comedian, war criminal, and more prominently president, uh, said of Cruz, I just don't like the guy. <laughs> I just don't like the guy, you know? So he's got all this vitriol behind him and he uses this vitriol to push himself as a maverick more and more, uh, winning the primaries and gaining support until he no longer could, and it all came crashing down, uh, for ultimately there could only be one. But let's see how he wins those primaries for a second, because really briefly, before we talk about uh, Teddy and Trumpy, which is my part two, mm-hmm. we're going to discuss, uh, or, or rather I'm going to describe how Ted Cruz won his elections, and you're going to tell me, as somebody who has a political science background, if I yep. if I'm correct or not. I am, again... I may not be correct. I am fine not being correct. This is a hypothesis, and hypotheses need to be tested against evidence. So, it is my belief that Ted Cruz was able to take advantage uh, of gerrymandering and of outsider politics by painting himself as an outsider in uh, in his senatorial primaries, right? He was able to capture the fringe vote and divide the quote-unquote mainstream Republican vote amongst uh multiple candidates so even though there were more mainstream republican voters to be had uh their body when split up could not overwhelm the body of the fringe extremist vote that he courted thusly propelling him upwards and this this motion uh this upward propelling motion like a zit being popped uh, could only stop when it met the the titan of this strategy, uh, a one um, Donald Jinkies Trump. Uh, you mean commander based in chief? Based yeah, commander yeah, chief? commander, commander to... based like a turkey <laughs> going into the oven in chief. I miss him. Based in butter. <laughs> I miss I miss Donald Trump. I do. I, I mean, if he was if he was still around, uh, our podcast could have free material forever. Right. But, um, how do you think? I mean, seriously, mm-hmm. fucking. How do you think that Bill Maher existed for the past four years? I mean, right. Yeah, he's got to be <laughs> scrambling. So was I? Was I correct or was I incorrect? So no, you were pretty. You were pretty spot on. I mean, the thing okay. with with a lot of candidates. I mean, you can look at like Bobert as an example, or um, Sally Hawkins, the guy in the wheelchair. I don't remember what his real name is. I call him Sally Hawkins. He's. <laughs> Fuck it. The guy no. in the the guy in the wheelchair. I don't know. Whatever that fat ooh, white that, white supremacist wheels around, right? Okay. Keep yeah, going. whatever that asshole. We're not, you know what? We're not gonna body shame him because he released a video on Facebook of uh do you remember the video he released? Oh, he was Facebook like punching of, trees? Of himself punching a tree. You know yeah, uh, a yeah. thing a thing that only sane and balanced individuals do. Yeah. That, yeah, he's like out there like wearing like Rocky style gloves, like, you know, yes. punching a tree, like listening to Eminem. You know, like, I could have been a Marine how, uh, yeah, to prove how badass he is. Yeah. But hey, I instead, he's badass. a cyborg. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's infused cool too, with right? alien technology. <laughs> but like, he, uh, but no, I mean, that's not incorrect. I mean, you've got a lot of those folks that do that. Um, hey, you know what the difference with... between, uh, you know what the difference between me and him is? Between a wheelchair? No, between me and me and that that guy, I can't remember his fucking name for the life. of Yeah, me. what is his look name? Him look him up, <laughs> Jimmy. Look his name up real quick here. <laughs> is it bad that is it bad that uh, 
the, the, the thing I'm typing into Google right now is wheelchair Republican. It's Madison Cawthorn. Madison Cawthorn. Yeah, Sally Hawkins. Right. There you go. So what's what's the difference between me and Madison Cawthorn? Uh, you've got a working dick. Yes, correct. Very. That's actually the joke I was going to make. I was, well, I, I was, I was going to say, I was going to say, my dick works about a third of the time. Nah. But, but any, anyhow, anyhow. So let's talk about Ted and Trumpy. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. So, in a weird way, the MAGA movement was not the Tea Party, but it was sort of a rebirth for the type of people who followed the Tea Party, like the type of voters who were attracted to the Tea Party. Yeah, found found a new home in in MAGA. Uh, so while the Tea Party whistled their racist bullshit to create fervor that could allow them to pursue their economic policy goals, uh, MAGA blared their racist inane bullshit through Axel Rhodes' largest speakers, uh, the stage having been set by the Tea Party like a decade before. So they, they, you know, Donald Trump definitely knew that there was, uh, a foundation to be, to be built upon and exploited here. Uh, and we've discussed Trump's strongman rise before and how he galvanized, like, racism of certain blocks of Americans at a black president uh, to use as a political lever to subvert democracy and line his pockets. So we don't need to go there again. Uh, but for the first time ever, though, um, Cruz got outflanked to his political right. And by an even more obnoxious Saturday morning cartoon villain than he is. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, you know, that's Trump's yeah, MO, like, right? Like, if you remember, during the primaries, Trump captured so much media attention. Like, his inflammatory statements aimed at getting the media to, like, follow his every movement, record his every fart, like, proclaim every single thing that he tweeted. Uh, yeah. You know, he... he Trump... Um, bought and ran i think officially only like 10 ad channels but yeah. received received and i actually tracked this down to compare the numbers okay i actually okay. tracked this down to compare the numbers so listeners pity me for i had to do this uh so he only ran 10 ads trump only ran 10 ads but he received 1898 from outside groups cruz was second in this regard on the Republican side, uh, Hillary Clinton was second total, but Cruz was second in this regard on the Republican side, taking out 22 ads and receiving 313. That's a big fucking difference. That's a huge gulf. That's a fucking huge gulf. So, like, like we've talked about this. So, Cruz could definitely feel the way uh, the wind was blowing. And unlike his other colleagues on the debate stage, if you remember, he he kind of tried not to debate with Trump near the end. Like, he yeah. started out strong when he was like, oh, this is just a reality TV guy. He's done this, like, a billion times before. It's just to get ratings on his fucking shitty show, you know. But near the end, he went, like, he was kind of like, oh, fuck. So, of course, you should talk to the dude a lot early on, but he knew that he... I think Ted Cruz knew he didn't have the magnitude, the political testo like testicular fortitude to to survive Trump. No. Uh, who continued to do the shit talking back at Cruz, like you said, like even insulting his wife. Uh, yeah, he Cruz, cucked him. I mean, yeah, he cucked him Cruz, on national television. Yeah, as and and you remember Cruz's response? He he cowered and 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 kowtowed. Yeah. Uh, and due to years of lambasting his own party, Cruz didn't have any anyone who would rally to his support as he was getting destroyed. Like, no, everyone, his own people were, like, watching him just get yeah. ground into the floor, and they were like, cool. Yeah, well, for good reason. <laughs> I mean, they fucking hated his ass. So this all this all turned on a heel at the Iowa caucus. Do you remember the Iowa caucus? I do. 
So do you remember when uh, the Cruz's big mistake at the Iowa caucus, he, he made a huge misstep. And that misstep was when Cruz said that uh, Ben Carson had dropped out of the race, even though he hadn't and wouldn't for another month. And Trump jumped on this like a rabid dog to a stake. I mean, Trump leapt on this thing, uh, claiming that it was election fraud, which it, it wasn't, but it was playing dirty. Uh, Trump's election fraud claims, as we know, would keep going forever and ever until the end of time. Uh, Trump then said, like, that the Iowa caucus should have a do-over, which under current laws is impossible. Um, and this gave Trump the appearance of being an outsider under siege by establishment forces, which is what Cruz had been trying to cultivate his entire career. Yeah, so it played right into Donnie Two Scoops' so, hands. Yeah, so, tr- so, so, so Trump cultivates easily with the Iowa caucus, that image of the outsider being assailed by establishment Republicans. Cruz is watching this, having tried to generate that image for himself his entire career, and about half winning. Um, and I'm, I'm not saying that Trump was playing 4D chess because he wasn't, but he was or is uh, an opportunistic bloodhound. That's something Trump is really good at that Cruz is kind of good at, Right. I mean, Trump was definitely playing 5D chess, though. (laughs) But, like, as an aside here, uh, Trump's victory over Cruz almost certainly gave Cruz, uh, or rather, Trump, yeah, Trump's victory over Cruz certainly gave Trump um, the inspiration to use the fraud claim in the future whenever it looked like he might lose, I think. Yeah. Because this is the first time, this is the first time Trump, you know, yelled election fraud at something, and then it went his way. Yeah. So, you know, remember when, um, remember when Trump called, uh, called Cruz Lion Ted? Yeah, old Lion Ted. Hilariously, hilariously ironic. (laughs) Right? I mean, like, but how perfect was it? Yeah, and that hounded Cruz for months. So, then, you know, as, as you stated before, Trump jumps on the Lee Harvey Oswald Cruz's father conspiracy in response to, like, definitely not cruise campaigns advertisements uh you remember that right the ted cruz definitely didn't pay for it advertisement of a naked melania trump that attempted to sway socially conservative voters but wasn't it amazing (laughs) like uh, it was just a sign it was just a sign of cruz desperately trying to stay publicly relevant in the race Um, yeah at that point i mean he even he even picked a running mate during his losing campaign if i remember correctly uh yes yeah though he quit in may and um ended up endorsing trump during the republican national committee yeah uh so the worm further embarrasses himself by allowing uh by allowing himself to be recorded making campaign phone calls for trump when just a month before trump insulted cruz's wife that's that's teddy cruz i mean yeah like, dude, again, I, I don't like the word. I really don't because it's one of those words that's like. That the alt-right uses to, to well, shut down arguments and yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, because there are actual cuckolds out there and it's weird as hey, they are. Hey, if you're into that, that's fine. Not my journey. Yeah. You know, but that's whatever, I guess. Cool. But like, it's, what else are you going to call it? I prefer he calling got... him a worm. Though that cucked. is rather insulting to worms, isn't it? He got cucked. What are you? What are you gonna say? I mean, I mean, we can call him. We can call him what he is, and as a uh, 
a, a democracy undermining neo-fascist piece of shit, but that's probably too harsh for most of our listeners. <laughs> anyway, remember when the Access Hollywood Snatch Milady by the Poussoir tape was released? Yeah! Uh, and many Republicans retracted their support, albeit temporarily, uh, or outright condemned Trump, but not Cruz. He used this opportunity to become, like, super tight butt buddies with Trump, uh, it was during the Access Hollywood grab him by the pussy tape that uh, Cruz actually became, if you look at you know the record of his behavior, Trump's most fervent and rabid supporter. That sounds about right. And he, he used that moment to get closer to Trump than ever before because a bunch of other Republicans were drawing away. So he was like, oh, the opportunity is here. <laughs> and he like jumped on it. That's how Ted Cruz laughs, right? Yeah. That's about right. Okay. I have firsthand experience, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so he uses this opportunity to get very close to Trump. Uh, and he also knew that Trump had done what Cruz, again, was trying to do for years. So create that rabid following around a brand of the self. No matter for a talent or plan of governance, uh, but a cult of personality that could transcend one's own shortcomings. And yeah. this is when Trump started calling Cruz uh, Beautiful Ted. Beautiful Ted. Don't we love Ted? Yeah, complete turn heel from, you know, Lion Ted to beautiful Ted. Uh, Ted Cruz, uh, the son of a man from the Canary Islands, then Cuba, then Canada, and only then the United States, called for an end to the 14th Amendment. Or, you know, naturalization (laughs) by birth. Yeah. Uh, This is the day that I began to shit blood and have never stopped, by the way. (laughs) That's exactly... Weird timing. (laughs) Weird yeah, uh, Cruz, uh, again, the the son, the product of immigration of the Ted Cruz, the product of asylum seeking immigrants, of refugee immigrants who was not born in the United States. Right. Who himself immigrated to the United States. Yes. And whose children are citizens of the United States by birth to a parent who is an immigrant. Yes. Called for the end of the 14th Amendment. Fuck yeah. Anyway, uh, he also defended... He also defended and (laughs) continues to defend... He also defended and continues to defend the policy of separating migrant children from their parents at the border, uh, which almost made him lose to Beto O'Rourke, who lost due to probably the exact gun-related statement you said earlier. Uh, But Beto O'Rourke missed... He missed that golden... Uh, that golden opportunity of unseating a Republican in a red state. But frankly, like, Cruz kind of had demographic and presidential support. Uh, and among a few of Beto's verbal gaffes, Cruz won narrowly by about 2%. Yeah. So, okay. So Beto does not unseat Cruz. Cruz is very buddy-buddy with President Trump. Uh, Cruz is probably no longer getting laid by his wife because she definitely hates him now. Uh, and this gets us to part three, okay? Part three, which I call Thief in the Night. Okay. So, we go through the Trump years. Uh, it's hard to listen to Ted Cruz speak because so much of the smell of Donald Trump's shit is coming out of his mouth. And once Trump is... <laughs> once Trump... <laughs> once Trump was on the way out of the White House, uh, to my eye anyway, this is this is how I feel just looking at it, It looked like Cruz began to enact a plan to try to steal the MAGA base. Uh, He even grew a beard. His beard sucks. Yeah, I remember that. 
His beard sucks, just like him. Like, it looks like he shaved the pubes of an old, like, gray dog and glued them to his face. Yeah, but he's got the, he, the you know, weird fucking, like, stringly beard. Yeah, he's trying to, he's trying to rebrand himself. So, Trump's election fraud claims had no greater ally than, uh, than Woozy Cruzy. Yep. So, nobody beat that drum. Nobody fucking beat the drum for that shit harder than Cruz. And Cruz, yeah. just like when he shut down the government, he knew that it was ludicrous and untrue. He knew that it probably wasn't going to go anywhere, but he used that opportunity to try and become the new Trump. Yeah. And to have that ass-eating cult he longed for for so long. Mm. So, you remember when insurrectionists breached the Capitol on January the 6th, 2021? You remember that, right? You, you remember when a, uh, when a, when a mob... Of uh, of rabid, violent insurrectionist, uh, conspiracy believing nut jobs I broke into the Capitol with, yeah. yeah, with, with the small band of patriots. Yeah, with with the shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> with with the you know they broke in with the yeah. intent of you know murdering representatives yeah. and burning and burning votes. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so when they breach the Capitol, there's a, a video recording that shows insurrectionists voicing support for Ted Cruz. So they're they're going through his desk uh, yes. in one tape, right? They're going through his desk in one tape, and one of the guys yeah. says, "One of the guys says, quote, Ted Cruz. Oh yeah, he's a good one. He yeah, I think he'd want us to do this. He'd definitely want us to be doing this. He definitely uh, Cruz, wants course, us to be in his fucking office stealing Cruz, shit. Cruz has not commented on this, uh, but of course he hasn't." Now we know that, now of course, we know that stopping the inauguration was never the strategy, because Cruz knew that wasn't fucking happening, no, right? No, no, Like, the slimy pit dweller only wanted to be seen trying to make it happen. He only wanted a bunch of people to believe that he would have liked it to happen. Yeah. Which has been his M.O. For, for his entire career, and I believe it's finally <laughs> paid off. Yeah, I think so. So, this brings us to part four. We're almost done. Part four. Fucking up in reverse. And... <laughs> Ted Cruz is definitely running in 2024. I mean, you oh, and I yeah. have had private conversations of who we believe is going to be uh, fighting for the nomination for president. I'm voting uh, for Josh Hawley. Yeah. Hawley was one person who's going to be fighting for the Republican nomination. Cruz is another. Cotton is one. And uh, who was the other one? I would say Nikki Haley. Uh, and DeSantis. Oh, yeah. And DeSantis. Yeah. And those DeSantis. Be, that's how that's how utterly forgettable. That's how utterly forgettable my governor yeah. is. <laughs> right. OK. But but regardless, Cruz is definitely running in 2024. Yep. Uh, Pence. Pence, I think, is like expected by a lot of people to run. Yeah, and Pence would have the establishment support to run. But I'm not sure he's going to. It doesn't matter if voters are still Trump obsessed in 2024. Um, I think Pence is going to have a hard time convincing voters who literally tried to execute him. <laughs> Remember when? Remember when? Uh, yeah, when I seem to. I seem to remember the, a group yeah. uh, sc- chanting, chanting, "Hang Mike Pence." Yeah, so he may have a hard time getting the votes of people who wanted to see him die in front of the Capitol. So, what could get in Ted Cruz's way? You know, maybe maybe somebody like Mike Pompeo or DeSantis or Holly. Though, honestly, like. Pompeo and DeSantis seem increasingly unlikely. Um, you know, it could really get in Ted Cruz's way, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ted Cruz. Yes. So, hey, let's talk about that time that Ted Cruz abandoned his constituents in Texas during a massive ice storm that caused statewide power outages <clears throat> uh, and and killed people uh, 
and, and he abandoned them to go on vacation in Cancun. Because, yeah, Atticus... And then uh, was such people... a puss wuss that he fucking blamed his daughters for it. Yeah, I got words about that. <laughs> we were going to get to this eventually because, again, you live in Texas and you were without power in a house covered in ice. Am I, yes, am I correct? That would be yeah. correct. So, uh, and people died during that. and Not just old people, but kids too, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, there yep. was the worst story out of any of it. Uh, and this does break my heart, right? It does. Was a mother, um, she didn't know any better, young mother. I think she was a teenage mother, maybe young, uh, early 20s, right? Mm -hmm. Um, She was freezing cold, was bitter, and she and her daughter went into the garage and they turned on a car. They couldn't get the garage door open, right? Because power was out. And she didn't know any better. She she turned on the garage door. Or turn on, excuse me, didn't turn Turn on the car. Yeah, she turned on the car and... uh, To heat up. And the CO2, yeah, CO2 poisoning and... Killed her. Uh, yep. Actually, looking at it right now, she was 22 years old and killed her three-year-old daughter. Yep. Yeah. That's just yep. a tip of the iceberg. Yeah, and I know that there was a. Uh, I know that there were a couple. Uh, there were other children who like died from exposure yeah. pneumonia and, and yada yada. And, and and nobody nobody knows yet how many people have died in the migrant detention camps. Nobody no. knows yet how many uh, homeless people uh, died during the uh the ice storms no one knows so who knows uh so even even beyond the ethics of disappearing in a time of crisis like this is like it's it's hilarious how and i mean that in the classical sense of the word like where when you read hilarious in the bible and it's about a bunch of people like flailing around and foaming at the mouth like it's hilarious that he missed this shit because it's, it's politics 101 so this is my observation of the events and you can tell me if i'm i'm wrong so he tries to do damage control because, like, people are videotaping him in the, like, in the airport and on the plane. And he tries to do damage control saying that he's like, oh, I'm, I'm dropping my family off in Mexico with a plan to return. But he he had luggage, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no, I mean, they caught him in Houston's airport. He was going to go to Cancun. Like, I don't know about you, man, but, like, I, I, I don't know anybody who carries their full wardrobe literally fucking everywhere. Uh, no. Like, you know, because now I want to see Ted Cruz carrying his luggage, like on the bus, public toilets, the bar, you know, like wherever he needs, (laughs) he needs to have that with him forever now. Yeah. Uh, So because, you know, it's, it's not weird for Ted Cruz to do that when he's just dropping his family off in Mexico on the airplane with them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. Anyway, yeah. So this is bullshit. Uh, So, uh, you know, a bunch of shit came out. A leaked text message showed that he planned to stay for days and only decided to take a return trip from Mexico after the scandal broke. Oh, and uh, Uh, he also left his dog there to die. Yeah, Snowflake. Yeah. Yeah, he left his poodle Snowflake to die. He left his poodle there to just die. Uh, yeah. so he, he, of course, so he blames it. Like you said, he blamed it on his kids. So he threw after throwing his wife on the bus, uh, five years ago, he throws his fucking kids, his children. And I mean, you know, I hate children too, but not this much. He throws his own children under the bus and he claims he claimed that he didn't return due to the scandal, but due to his own conscience, uh, this to be clear is a lie. Uh, Ted Cruz is a liar. He kept changing his story, trying to do damage control, and was eventually met by protesters in front of his home. Uh, They had a mariachi band, which was kind of (laughs) cool. So, protesters in front of his home, and and before some viewers or listeners, whatever, this will be up on YouTube one day anyway, before some listeners uh, think that 
that type of protesting is extreme, like protesting in front of the homes of politicians and, and not giving them a chance to rest. Uh, in World War II, during World War II and just before it, crowds of patriotic Americans protested in front of the homes of Nazi sympathizers to the degree that they would run them out of town. Direct action is a valid tactic, my friends. Anyhow, so they protest in front of his house. And, you know, this this gets this gets a lot of attention. Some news commentators tried to cover for Cruz. Uh, but this all kind of gets annihilated when Better O'Rourke and fucking AOC of all people were in Texas with boots on the ground, uh, and they raised like $23 million in like two days to aid the people whose lives had been disrupted by the storm. Yeah. So I mean, that you tells know, you something. Like, yeah. You know like, you fucking suck. Like, I'm not when... the biggest fan of AOC, <laughs> but like, here she was helping out a state that wasn't even her own, right? Yeah, that, that wasn't be because, yeah, because there, there are some people who do believe things like the common good yeah uh and like aoc's not even aoc's not even that far left you know people think she's a communist people think she's a communist and all that shit but like as as someone who's actually read communist theory that's fucking laughable um anyway moving on so you you know that you're a huge jack off rex when beto o'rourke and and (laughs) You know, AOC are, are are there raising millions and millions of dollars for your constituents when you're gone. Like, that had to make Ted Cruz look just fucking great, right? Yeah, something of note, by the way, El Paso was one of the few, few cities in Texas that did not lose power because it's on the western power grid. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, remember, uh, a, couple, a couple days later, like three days later, three fucking days later, Cruz is at CPAC here in Florida. Okay. And in Orlando, and, uh, like, Ted Cruz is just so shockingly bad at his job, both as a lawmaker and as a public figure. Like, he's so arrogant beyond his ability, and he's painfully unlikable. And that was, nowhere was that more obvious when he's at this thing three fucking days after he gets caught trying to leave the country during a a crisis in the state that he is supposed to be helping, uh, where he jokes about going to Cancun. Where he's like in Orlando and he's like, Jeez. well, it's not Cancun. And and people laughed. Of course they did. I mean, CPAC. Didn't they also have like a yeah. golden idol to Trump? Thing? They had a they had a golden statue of Donald Trump, yes. I love it. They had a literal golden calf of Donald Trump. And there, there are photos of uh, evangelical leaders who are taking posed pictures with the literal golden statue of Donald Trump. Uh, where, wherever Moses is, he's rolling in his sandy grave. Right. Anyway, uh, so people, of course, will say as like a counter-argument that anyone gaining power in a position of authority must be good at it, right? Like, that's that's what I hear a lot, right? Uh, like, oh, uh, let's see you do better, or blah, 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 or, well, he, they're in that position because, you know, clearly they did something right, clearly they're good at it, and they must have earned it, but Atticus, let's try a thought experiment, okay? Okay. You've had some shitty jobs before, right? Like you've had, yeah, you've I've worked. Had, yeah. So think about every boss you've ever had. Okay. Conjure them to the front of your mind for me. Were they all great at their jobs? No. Were they all deeply respectable people? No. Did you admire and look up to them? Not all of them, no. Yeah, th- then you have your answer. Success is not, and really never has been, uh, an indicator solely of ability, especially in American politics, which rewards gaming the system 
uh, or in the case of Cruz, inserting himself into a system already rigged in his favor, which leads us to part five. And I'm going to start making less jokes now because now Ryan's angry. Is that okay? Yeah, that's fine with me. I'll make the jokes. Okay, now we, Jimmy, now is that we okay with you? Part... Okay, we're good. <laughs> cool. Now we get into the part of the podcast where we're... I'm angry, so because this is in closing of my long-ass rant. So let's look at how unpopularity is not always a bar against obtaining power, which is really the thing that this essay is about. I'm using Ted Cruz as as an example, right? Mm-hmm. He he is the painting, he is the portrait of this problem. Okay. So when you consider Ted Cruz's lack of popularity uh, among really his own voter base, the people who he claims to represent and his peers, you have to ask, do we need to take this man seriously with all of his frequent gaffes? You know, do we need to view him as a threat? And and common sense would say no, because when we see a clown, we tend not to suspect the clown. No, we suspect uh, Common the sense, yeah, common, common sense in politics says that an unpopular politician can't stay in office for long, nor can they maintain their position in the future by merit of having difficulty garnering votes. Unfortunately, the current U.S. version of democracy allows for unpopular figures to gain power all the fucking time. So let's look at a few in our government across all of the branches. In the House, we've got Lauren Boebert, who we've talked about before. I wouldn't fuck her with my worst enemy's dick. Nauseating is a mild way to describe Lauren Boebert. Uh, She's more or less the product of gerrymandering, which will ensure that no matter what happens, an election will go the way of the party that draws the districts. It's, It's just, it's a sure thing. Every time, even if the candidate is repulsive, all they have to do is ride the zeitgeist. So whatever far-right movement engages the fringe because of the type of uh, election strategy that I described before, which, as you told me, was pretty much nail on the head, uh, all they have to do is ride these far-right movements that engages the fringe that will allow that candidate to stand out in the primaries and divide the so-called mainstream Republican vote among all the other candidates in the primary. Once that primary is won, the Republican candidate is essentially a shoe in because it's a gerrymandered Republican district. Like, this seems really outlandish, but that's how we got Bobert. That's how we got Holly. That's how we got Marjorie Taylor Greene, who recently... Uh, who recently said that she wants us to return to, quote, Anglo-Saxon legal principles. So I've shoved all of my stocks into the longboat market. And and that's how we got countless Thank you for others. believing in me. <laughs> Senate elections, of course, are more tricky, right? Because you can't rely on gerrymandered districts. Yeah. Uh, but, but states still have cultures that tend to favor one party over the other. And in Cruz's state, he's a senator of, of Texas, which is like... It's a red state with a very culturally conservative identity. There are enclaves of progressivism in Texas, you know, notably. It, it, it's, it looks like a population map, right? When you look yeah. at the places that end up flipping blue, it's a population density map. But a Republican in a red state only needs one good campaign in the primaries. And after that, the Senate election is usually, not always, but usually a foregone conclusion. Uh, for example, you know, Mitch McConnell could get fucking creamed in an election in like New York, but there is no possibility that he will lose in Kentucky. No. He will win no. every time in Kentucky. Okay. Uh, as an unrelated thing, every time I say Mitch McConnell's name, uh, 1000 of my sperm die. Sorry, mom and dad. Grandkids are looking, they're looking rough because I've had to talk about Mitch McConnell a lot this year. Only what do you think about the <laughs> senator from Kentucky. 
<laughs> you know what Mitch McConnell is? He is um, he is what like if if dry vagina syndrome was like a person mm-hmm. walking around. Like it's that's Mitch McConnell. It's got a name. Anyway. <laughs> He would too. You think, you think anyway, he like ever like reaches up that skirt and like is it a little like? No, that I don't. I don't no. think he does. I I think I think he's too busy uh, at Lindsey Graham's bachelor pad. Anyway, <laughs> so sitting Republican senators rarely face a challenge from within their own party is essentially what I'm saying here. Okay. Yeah, uh, true. Like it's it's almost like to win a Republican senator has to be popular for like one day. That's kind of how it is. Yeah. Uh, so senators across the board, of course embed themselves in their seats because of this. Yeah. So let's look at the Supreme Court. Like, in the Supreme Court, popularity is a non-factor. Uh, all that matters is who the president chooses. And in the current environment, no matter who a Republican president picks, no matter how loathsome and foul and shit-smeared they are, that nominee is essentially a shoe-in as long as Republicans hold the Senate majority. Right? And once confirmed, they will hold that position for life. So that's how a deeply unpopular and unliked person gets in the Supreme Court. Ooh, excuse me. No, you're good. We already know how easy it is for a president to be the less popular candidate. Yes. Uh, Presidents have lost the vote by millions, millions, and have still become president through the Electoral College, which we'll talk about. We'll probably talk about another time because I have thoughts about the Electoral College. Uh, the president, uh, losing the popular vote has happened five times in United States history and will probably happen many more. So in summary here, uh, an unpopular candidate can go quite far, uh, like all the fucking way far in American politics. Yeah. In 2024, uh, Cruz's Senate term runs up and he is definitely, definitely considering another run for the White House. After Trump, every single thing we have considered disqualifying for the job is out the window. I am 100% certain, Atticus, I'm certain that Cruz will try to win the nomination by casting his other primary challengers as the establishment, dividing the establishment vote between a dozen candidates and taking the larger portion of the, quote, fringe vote for himself. Then, as the arena narrows to two, he's hoping that what happened with Trump, that unpopular fringe candidate gaining enough momentum to be seen as the frontrunner, winning through fucking inertia alone more than anything else will happen to him. So as my closing statement here, uh, Cruz as a president would be a disaster. I think you would agree. Oh, yeah. Even more than the average president. So how do we keep him out so if his Senate position becomes precarious, that's one way to keep him distracted, right? Because if he knows that his Senate position is not a guarantee and his presidential run is also not a guarantee, he's going to have to choose. And he may choose security. Uh, because like I discussed, it's actually very easy for a Republican in a, in a red state to just dig into their seat like a tick and never let go. A much safer, more direct route would be to oust him completely from his Senate seat. Uh, But an even better one, in my opinion, would be to never let anyone forget about his support for insurrectionist conspiracy theories and his Cancun scandal. Yeah, but here's the thing, though. I don't think that... Okay, if I may. I don't think that there is an Ice Cube's chance in hell of Ted Cruz actually winning uh, the 2024 candidacy for the GOP. I don't, th- I don't I, think it's in the cards. I hope, I hope you are correct. Like, because what I think... Hey, I call Donald Trump winning, so... That's fair. 
what I think needs to happen with him, though, is I think that these things, his, you know, his uh, jumping onto conspiracy theories, his support for people who wanted to murder his colleagues, his leaving Texas in, in a time of great crisis, that needs to be brought up every time his name is uttered. Every speech, every interview, every fucking tweet he makes must be accompanied by a, a recitation of his recent scandals. It's it's at the point where I feel like I should make a Twitter bot that every time he makes a tweet, it just responds to it with a list of all of these things. Shit, this is why we need a fucking Patreon, because I could go, our $200 Patreon goal for this month is a bot that responds to Ted Cruz <laughs> with a list of all of his scandals every time he tweets. Jeez, why do I only have these ideas after the... Anyway, keep going. Like, what if that protest with a mariachi band in front of his home just never stopped? Because it's still going, by the way. I love it. No, well, and like, here's the what thing. If, what if that just never stopped? We, we, because we can't allow people to forget who politicians like Ted Cruz really are. We can't let people forget that. No. We can't let him, we can't let him grow a beard and pretend to rehabilitate himself and reinvent his imagery. We have to realize that this is who Ted Cruz is. This is who he has always been. Uh, nobody likes you, Ted Cruz, and we need to make sure that it stays that way. Agreed. <laughs> no, I mean, I agree. And I, and I don't think... That's my dramatic ending, by the way. Nobody likes you, Ted Cruz, and we need to make sure that it... And and we're going to... God. Anyway, yeah, so that's my whole thing about Ted Cruz. Now I'm all, like, riled up because of the the deep corruption and... Uh, you just know, lay mis- back and mis- think of Matthew McConaughey as your Yeah, mis- mismanagement and, and gross hijacking of, of what, what could be... A truly beneficial system for people. Anyway, any any thoughts that you have, Atticus? <laughs> I have many. I have many, but we're we're looking at an hour and twenty minutes here, so I oh, will. Damn. Oh damn! So uh, great episode this week, by the man. Sincerely, um, and I appreciate all that. I do have many many thoughts on Ted Cruz, and I'm going to unleash them as the years unfold. Few things. Um, we'll do it in a B-reel for... We're doing we'll B-reel. do it in a B-reel for our it's Patreon just, when we get a lot of It's just around gonna be me it. screaming, Ray! for yeah, like five minutes as I like beat we're, we're just gonna release poster. We're just... That'll be our that'll be our $300 Patreon goal is a, uh, a record called Screaming About Ted Cruz and it's just an hour and 45 minutes of us literally shrieking in agony uh, with Ted Cruz speeches in the background. Yes. Just... Ah! <laughs> it was Ted Cruz... <laughs> No, uh, you know, as as far as, uh, you know, look, I mean, at the end of the day, for me, it's this, right? Ted Cruz is the human patholoma virus, literally. Yeah. I I think he's just HPV in a human form. Yeah, like, Um, I think if we get rid of him, it won't end the problems that created him. I no, think we no, do need to no. get rid of, we, we no. definitely need to get rid of him, but he's, he's the poster boy for this issue in, in voting uh, and in how unpopular and just disgusting candidates can gain unmeasurable power in the United States. He is yeah. he's the image of it. But getting rid of him will not make it go away. No, not at all. Not at all. And, and there's so many different thoughts with like reformism versus complete reconstruction, and that's a whole other thing. Handing it off to you. <laughs> so... A uh, few things, guys. We want to thank you for listening in this week. Yeah. We don't want to hold you for too much longer. Uh, Ryan and I do have some... I want to hold uh, you forever. Uh, well, that is true. I, I hold Mr. you Mike, all of my... I, hold you I forever. Hold. ASMR. <laughs>
sticky forever. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, 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 I did that. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's actually what my first uh, woman that ever gave me a blowjob sounded like. No, <laughs> don't, don't. So, oh, anyway. no. Anyway, oh ooh, no! It's okay. We can say these things. This is C Pod. Fuck can it. we? I thought that's yeah. for C Pod after dark, man. That's we gotta save that. That's a sneak preview. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. yep. All, all of our jokes are gonna be bad. We're gonna oh, we're we're gonna so, run on Howard Stern for his show. So um, get ready, Howard. We're coming. We're coming from coming for you. you <laughs> fucking skinny little bitch. So uh, <laughs> no, a few things as far as uh, the remainder of the season is concerned. We don't we don't have how many more episodes do we have? In the first I don't know, season? man. I think I think we just decided we're gonna go till we're tired. Uh, so you somewhere know, between we, twelve and twenty four. <laughs> twelve and twenty four. You know, somewhere in that era. Uh, season two, um, we're gonna see a rebranding, and I just want you, it's, uh, the listener, to like be aware of this, right? Uh, we're gonna be transitioning from the nineteen seventies because the seventies are about to end, right? We're getting there. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to be moving on to the 1980s. There's going to be some new themes. We're going to have a whole slew of guests that are going to be on during that time. We've um, been listening to a lot of uh, synthwave. It's it's true. It's infectious. Yeah. Shout out. Uh, <laughs> shout out to the midnight. Um, but uh, you know, we got some. We've, we're going to have some great guests. Um, I want to also really quickly um, because I promised him I would. Right. I promised him I would. I want to give a shout out to my boy Apex uh, at Twitter. Um, his at is at Apex underscore Simmaps. Um, check out his YouTube channel. Uh, he's He's got some really good stuff, some really good theory going on over there, some really good discussion points. I promised him I would give him a shout out this week. So, I, absolutely. Not that he asked. Not that he asked. I just wanted to because he's a good guy. Um, you know, also, uh, shout out to our supporters. We love you guys. You're very yeah. special. We love you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for telling our uh, your friends about us. Uh, thank yes. you for expanding our listening scope in, in any way. Absolutely. Because go, going in, we never thought we would even get like 10 people, honestly, because yeah. we were like, eh, yeah. you know, this is for fun. We're da-da-da-da-da. Yeah. And we, we, we never really thought that our, our average listenership would be in the hundreds for, you know, like I said, uh, or like we've said, we're not even through like 10 episodes. Yeah. We're, we're, we're in, uh, episode seven. So, yeah. you know, I mean, we've got at least five more episodes left for this season, um, before we move on to season two, but, um, we're going to take a quick break during that time too, to, you know, yes. get topics small, and all small that kind of break, stuff. Small, small late summer break is what we're going to be looking at, um, sometime because I'm going to be yep. traveling. I've actually checked the schedule. Uh, I'm going to be traveling in the beginning of July. Around about that time, so something to keep in mind. Um, just for a short period, I'll be back. I promise you. I'm yep. never late. So again. look out for when that happens. Uh, when that break happens, look out for season two. Keep yes. your eyes, uh, keep your eyes and ears open for Seapod After Dark, which is going to have some of our more heinous content. That's right. <laughs> and also our remember before unspeakable the... content. <laughs> our incredibly sticky content you know it's so, probably not even it's probably not even wrong <laughs> it's, it's gonna be sticky it's just whatever uh but uh it's gonna be little cum driblets on the bottom no of ah! why would so, you make this joke oh why wouldn't i so my parents uh, listen to this God, do they long yeah they do oh shout out to mommy and daddy ryan we love you <laughs> mommy uh, and daddy ryan they're they're, they're listening they're, they're just disgusted right now they're like oh. <laughs> beth and steve are just in there can't believe Atticus said that. Well, <laughs> guess what? I've said worse. 
It's so, true. Uh, and he will say on. worse on Seapot After say, Dark. Say a whole lot worse. Uh, but last but not least, of course, we've mentioned the uh, the merch store, right? That's going to be dropping yes. by the end of this month. Um, there's some t-shirt designs we've got. I've actually worked with a couple of friends on a couple of them. Uh, Ryan, I think you sent me over some stuff as well. So. Yep. Uh, and we'll be, that we'll be opening soon. up the we'll be opening up the Patreon by the end of the month too. And awesome. what that's going to help us with, honestly, guys, because we want to have T-shirts, we want to have merch, and we want to have extra. We want to have extra episodes. We want to have like half-hour specials. We want to have uh, better sound quality. We want to be able to ship our audio out to an editor who will then send us back squeaky clean, lovely stuff with, you know, music and and background and yada, yada, yada. We want to be able to host uh, our talks on YouTube. We want to be able to do all of these things, but these things um, cost like an exorbitant amount of money. And while we do both have jobs that we do, uh, it... If you love us, if you like what we do, and you want to support us, I wouldn't hate it if you gave me, like, a dollar, you know? Right. I don't feel like I'm deserving of taking your money, but if you think that we're deserving of taking your money, uh, we won't say no, and we will only be using it to improve the show and to get really cool crap out for you guys for things like the merch store, because that can pay for artists to make really cool shirts, and that can pay for artists to make really cool things like computer stickers and stuff like that, so... You know, consider yeah. it. it I, would, I, mean, I would very much appreciate it. Look, I mean, just think about this, okay? If you subscribe to our Patreon when it does drop, we're going to personally send you a sticker at some point that says, Atticus made me sticky. And that's all you need. Yes. Yes. Atticus need. made me sticky and Ryan hated it. Ryan hated it. <laughs> Guys, we want to thank you for listening in on this week's episode of Seapod pod 2021. My name is Atticus. And I'm Ryan. We will catch you guys under the ocean in two weeks. Glub, glub. Glub, glub. P.S. Ted Cruz, go fuck yourself.